Okay. We're back and we're driving still. Um, this will be the second one of those in a row. And if you haven't quit listening up to this point, maybe that means you like them. I don't know. That's all. The driving episode had always been a part of Talk Junkie. And I don't really see any reason in it not being from time to time. Uh, it's probably the only way I'm going to be able to get Talk Junkie episodes in and recorded right now. And um, it's it's a small little show with a couple of listeners. And, and I think it's, you know, I think it's sufficient. Uh, again, uh, if you just can't stand them, it's talkjunkie at gmail.com. And I, I really, I won't get upset even if I know you. Like, just sit there and look, I can't. I can't take this. Um, but I know Unclean Daniel, and um, he, he seems to actually enjoy them. Uh, Malik never complained. Uh, he, he always thought that they were all right. When Bolin finally binges and catches up on them, uh, he's usually got a, a cool little quip about one of them. So, you know, it it is what it is. It's kind of what we do. Plus, I've got Here True Bubblegum on Sundays. And because I'm a glutton for punishment, uh, Retro Cult's probably coming back. A, a new ideal for Retro Cult, a, a new plan, and um, a pretty consistent co-host. I don't know if I'll keep the name. Um, just to be honest with you, I don't have a better name for it. Uh, that name may not always fit the, the type of episode I do. But um, my plan is to do uh, Retro Cult uh, full episodes twice a month. Uh, one episode pretty well all the time going to be a movie episode and and have guests on to do it you know occasionally that may be swapped out with a tv show or a video game something like that or maybe wrestling but you know for the most part a movie and then the other monthly show will be a show with my friend mandy uh we're going to discuss music with it it'd be uh this week we're going to talk about um, uh, what I, I know she loves Dire Straits album stuff. Maybe that that week we'll talk about that album, and then other Dire Straits on top of that. Maybe tell some stories about the albums themselves and how they got made. Talk about how the album impacted us. Talk about how uh, how we first discovered it, uh, the format in which we prefer it, you know, things like that. And then we may even go newer than that, and, and we may talk about uh, an album I know, you know, because we like a lot of similar music. I, I love Dire Straits as well. Uh, but we may switch around, and we may go the next week and talk about uh, Deftones and do our favorite Deftones album or, or talk about one album in particular. Or we may talk about, yeah, in 19... Uh, 99 this is what we were doing you know uh, we we both have spoken often about uh, New Year's 99 and, and and the Limp Biscuit performance and and we may speak about MTV and and what videos we were into in, in the 80s on MTV and, and and vice versa maybe in the 90s but we may also turn around and talk about the newest Jason Isabel album or I may try to you know uh, do a a music share where I'm like, okay, look, uh, this week I'm going to bring you the new Gunship album that uh, Bolin turned me on two weeks ago, and, and you bring me this new album that maybe I've not heard, and, and we discuss these albums, and, and that that's, that will kind of be what the the music side of that show will be, and then I, I've already approached uh, the Spooky family, um, and I've already planned out a movie that we're going to do on the movie side of that, and then... To be honest with you, I, you know, there's probably going to be times like I would really like to do Wayne's World, and the perfect person to do Wayne's World with is Mandy. And then I, I would like to do Scream closer to Halloween. My wife is going to be the person to do Scream with. Uh, it's one of her favorite movies. Um, my son, who I've had on Talk Junkie before, loves Rankin Bass, and he's pretty well an expert on Rankin Bass, and and it's a huge part of our Christmas every year. So. 
I think he and I'll probably end up doing an episode on Rankin Bass and, and their history and, and you know, uh, their various different specials and, you know, maybe some short little mini episodes talking about whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and that way you get two episodes a month with a bonus episode here and there from, and, and this time frame is not guaranteed. Uh, I'm working on all that. I'm, what I'm trying to do is plan out the the days and plan out at least the first three months worth of shows. Get all that planned out and sent to, to Mandy and everybody else is going to be on the show from time to time. You know, anybody I've not invited yet that I plan on inviting and, and try to get all that down before I say for sure. But I want to do it in seasons. And um, what, I'm, what I'm looking at doing is basically sometime in January, maybe middle or end of January or February 1st in that time frame starting the show uh, doing two episodes a month until uh, July do one episode in July, take a little break and then do two episodes a month until uh, I get to um probably end of October and that will be end of the first season and then pre-record a Thanksgiving and a Christmas uh, special and and put them out on Christmas Thanksgiving and do every um, do every season that way I think that's I think that's a good way to do it and it stops from the burnout and um, it allows you to be a little more creative you know, and, and it makes you want, as a podcaster, to podcast again, you know, because I think that's why I always get these big urges to do my show, is because of that, and uh, starting in January, Talk Junkie will go on a very similar schedule. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do the seasons. Uh, I guess I can count it up and see what season we're on. I don't know how that would work, but... Um, it's going to go on a very similar schedule to where we have a set amount of shows and a set. And so you're listening to the last Talk Junkie episode of the year, which by the time this comes out, I think will put you somewhere in the middle of December, maybe a little less. I don't, I don't know. I'm recording this like first week of December, almost second week of December. So this week you'll get the last episode and next week you'll get the following however it goes there um, but I, I think that's a good format now as far as here at Chew Bubblegum I think we're staying with the same deal I really haven't had a chance to talk to, to Goose about what I'm doing with this you know um, but with, with here at Chew Bubblegum I think that kind of works it's almost like a variety show and it you know it, it facilitates that very well but I, I, what I hope that this schedule will do one I just really want to do retro call and, and you know I tried to do retro call here and I know that didn't work out as well and, and then I did retro call myself and we did really really good um, but you know it, it's it's a timing thing and then also it's a burnout thing and it's a being on the road thing so What I'm hoping is doing it this way will make it so much easier to schedule and plan and get these things done. Plus, and this is the big thing, it uh, it, it kind of prevents that, you know, I'm burnt out thing. Because there'll be scheduled breaks throughout the season and then you've got November, December, and January every year that you're off, you know, or whatever the case may end up being. Um, and I think that's cool. I think that's gives you time to, to just rethink things and, and get new motivation and get it going. And I, and I, I think that that is definitely the better plan for me, you know. And I, I, I think the biggest reason I never did that is because that's not the model I started building off of. You know, I started building off of the Joe Rogan model, you know, of just to do one every day, basically, or almost every day, like it's like it's a job and it's just, you know, like it's 
required, and he, I didn't always notice. Well, he's gone for this amount of time. You know, he's gone to for vacations. I just really didn't think about that or acknowledge it because I'm not living on his schedule. I've listened to so many other podcasts. You know, Dan Cummins is just almost never not doing the show. And all of these shows may have breaks that I just don't recognize and, and just, you know what I mean, just don't see. Um, you know, and, and I guess I always worried, like, well, I'm going to lose listeners without consistency, without doing it every day. And I don't think that's why I lost listeners with uh, Talk Junkie. It, it definitely didn't help. It was the big, long stretches with no announcement and no planning and no structure. I think that hurt. Not not the fact that I took a break, but how I did it and the length of time I did it for. You know, because like, middle of November, I was selling my board. You know, I, I was... And not because I was mad or upset. It's just like, oh, I don't do this. Like, it's taking away too much from my life. It doesn't have to. If you plant cricket, but also it, it adds a lot to my life, you know. And so, it, it, it's one of those things like you really have to address how you want to do it. Now, um, with Talk Junkie and, and doing the new episodes the way I plan on doing them, likely, just to be honest with you, my plan is to release, not necessarily to record, but to release. You're looking maybe release, say, um, Retro Cult first and third Sunday of every month. Talk Junkie the second and fourth. You know, uh, and then record those when I can. But that will also allow for Talk Junkie to be in the studio and recorded in, recorded in the studio. I've got a, like this simple but nice home studio office that I can use. I run the Retro Cult resale store out of that office. Um, and so... I think I think that's a good idea, you know. And I've noticed that working with Goose, um, I'm not like as involved at, at, with that. Show. Like I don't try to take credit for the show because that's just that's Goose and that's Goose's baby. And, and Goose, he's going to do everything on that show. Like there, you're not going to do it. But I think the, the the being lucky enough to be a part of that and be on the show has turned me on to okay if. If I can get a, someone to do the music deal with, like get him Mandy and be fully collaborative there and, and let somebody else be a part of that with me, like I get to do it with Goose, it, it may be a different dynamic with me and Mandy, but, you know, as far as what we do and how we do it and choices we make, but there is that reward of doing it with somebody because it is really fun. And... I thought from the beginning that that was the perfect co-host. Like, even for Talk Junkie, I thought that was the perfect person for me to do this with. Just, we have... It's not that we think just alike or believe the same. It's not none at all. We have a very similar sensibility. She's very intelligent. And, and we have really good conversations. You know, and I've got a, a, a couple other friends that I feel the same way about. The difference is... I don't think they have the desire to have those discussions, whereas she does. So, and especially when you get us talking about music, and look, she may end up doing, find, deciding she's interested in doing the movie ones, you know, because I can definitely see her doing Wayne's World, uh, and, and for sure, and, and I, you know, one month I would like to do Dazed and Confused for the movie, and then movie soundtracks for the music so you know there, there may be months I can get both get her on both of those episodes but you know also the, the spooky family I think they were basically the second part like the, the second part of the unit for the that first run of Retro Cult and it was just great episodes they're, they're just beautiful people and they're so fun to talk to and they're super, super knowledgeable on, on the movie end of it. And they're unbelievably knowledgeable on the music end of it. So I very much one week would like, one month would like to switch it up. Maybe the month that I do um, 
that I do Wayne's World and have Mandy co-host the movie Wayne's World with me and then have Gertie and uh, Elliot do music with me that month. It's just, you talk about, I think the reason I enjoy discussing these things with these people is you're looking at very eclectic movie lovers in the Spooky family and very eclectic music lover in Mandy and then you flip that over very very eclectic music lovers in in Gertie and uh, Elliot um, maybe I, I, I believe they're more eclectic in what they like, like they're, they're definitely more varied in what they like than even Mandy and myself and, and and I think Mandy and myself are pretty and I don't, you know, that's another thing, like, and, and I, I, I don't think that that's that big a deal or that big of a thing for someone to be that varied in what they like, but it used to be for me. I say, I can't like that. That's that's country from a certain year. I can't like that. That's rap from a certain year. Like, I don't know. You get these this mentality. You get stuck in this rut. It's a very childish thing, and, and you know, when I started to grow up, I was like, man, I like a little bit of everything. When I really sit down and thought about it, I was like, I like a little bit of everything. And I think most people are that way. You know, they don't they don't put kind of these restrictions on it that maybe I used to put on it. But look forward to, to Retro Cult. If that's what I keep the name as. Um, but I'll put that here. And that's another thing is going into New Year's is, is having these shows a little more linked in a way. Um, you know, kind of discussing and promoting here chew bubblegum a little more on here and what we're, we're doing or what may be coming up. Same thing with Retro Cult and vice versa. With Retro Cult promoting what we're doing on these other platforms. And, and I, I think that that, uh, it, it gives me, it's, it's, it's a form of expression for me and, and I enjoy it. But it also, it's going to allow me to bring in people that I really want to podcast with and I'm really comfortable with. Um, I love the idea of Sharecast. And, and that's an episode that's both Talk Junkie and Retro Cult. Or both Retro Cult and Here to Chew Bubblegum. Or find another podcast that I'm friends with and be like, Hey, I'm doing this show and, and, and we can both play it on our play. I like I really like those and um, not everybody wants to do those. I've not really got a lot of interest in the past... Uh, from other other pocket, even even Goose, like I've I've not got any real interest and feedback from Goose, so those are harder to find sometimes. But I would like to make things like that happen. But also, like there there's certain friends I have that are so well suited for those bonus shows or those movie shows on on Retro Cult, and it's going to allow me to bring them in and bring them into a format that people I think will have a chance to to get used to that top that type of topic and, it, and it's a repeat thing you know what I mean like they're going to repeatedly bring on Spooky Family obviously and Mandy's going to co-host the music end of it so uh, and maybe the movie you know whatever she ends up being interested in uh, but like bowling you know I just sit down and watched the caught the Miami Vice movie, but it's the pilot episode of Miami Vice. I just sat down and watched it, and like, there's so much about that I love, and there's so much about that culturally for that time, and mu- especially music-wise at that time. Like, that was a very different thing, and I think that'd be a really cool thing for um, Bowling and myself to sit down on episode and and kind of talk about the history of, of that episode and how it came about and, and all the the little legends and, and and stories around that and then talk about the episode itself and then how we felt about the episode because there's a ton of things I'd like to sit down and discuss with both on, uh, on on a myriad of movies and TV shows and music um, you know <laughs> Bowling will turn me on to something here and there. Like, you'll just get a 
something from Bellinus when I'm listening to the Dan. Like, oh, okay, and, and you know uh, that that's he has a very cool taste in music and a very eclectic taste in music, and, and I, I like that. And obviously, the the roots of Talk Junkie and the the roots of Retro Cold, in a way, um, had always been influenced by. Um, wrestling to some degree and uh, what I do on here at Chew Bubblegum is wrestling without the wrestling you know a lot of characters a lot of costume uh, a lot of gimmicks um, and with without the actual physical confrontation of the wrestling because that's the part of wrestling I always enjoyed was the theatrical side of wrestling and you know that's something that those bonus shows might allow myself and and Elliot and Bolin and the Outer Limits and and Goose to do a wrestling show maybe once a year, you know, and sit down and, and talk about that. And I'm, I'm really pumped about the idea of doing this, and, and I hope that it works, but I don't, I, what I didn't want to do was everyone to go like, okay, well, he missed Thanksgiving, and he's not going to do them anymore. I, I told you I was probably not going to do an episode around Thanksgiving and I did and I you know um and I look back and and I discussed that here I believe either on Talk Junkie or on uh Here True Bubblegum that you know especially with Retro Cult I started Retro Cult because I wanted to do that Halloween and Christmas movie list so bad you know and I've never done a Christmas so um, this would facilitate that and allow me to do that and still have the time off and those things. So um, I did not want, though, there to be no episodes to end the year for Talk Junkie. Um, and this, to me, is, is my way of, of explaining, you know, this is what's going to happen. And I really think it's the best scheduling format. Now, Talk Junkie may come back before Retro Court, and it, it may not be off as long right now. Um, and, and I'm not dead set on Talk Junkie. Two, is it going to be four times a month, three times a month, two times a month, or one time a month? Is one time a month enough episodes a year for Talk Junkie? That's 12 episodes a year. I don't know. Like, I, have, I have no idea. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to, to sit down and, and figure out all that over the next month, month and a half, and then bring them back. But I will probably bring um, Talk Junkie back first because it's the easiest, unless something happens and I'm able to get in and record. Um, just to be honest with you. What I really wanted to do was a retro cult Christmas special. Um, because I thought about it, and I thought, man, that would be a great way to introduce part of the show. And the idea of it coming back and advertise it for January. But this getting the, the thumbs up from Mandy and, and, and really working out the kinks came this month, came at the end of November into December, and I just don't think I could pull it off and it be what I want it to be. Now, could I get Spooky Family and speak about Scrooge or something? Possibly. I'm not going to say that that's out of the question, but I'd have to get cracking on it, and I still have here two bubblegum today, and you know, it's Christmas time there too, and we don't take that break. Uh, which, if this works out for me, I may mention the goose. I'm like, hey, let's, you know. I don't know that he could do that. But I may have to do that. I don't know that he could do that, though. But he may be like, oh, man, if I could get a Justin vacation on here to chew bubblegum, that would be awesome. So he may he may very well may very well go that route. Um, but if you have any feedback, any suggestions, any suggestions for episodes for either show, um, 
any suggestion for guests? Um, look, if you know somebody, if you listen to Talk Junkie and you know somebody that you think I could interview that would make for a good conversation, send me an email. If, if I can make the scheduling work and it's something that I'm interested in, I'll be honest with you. If it's something I'm interested in, if it's something I'm interested in, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I don't want to do political debates. No, I really don't. And I don't want to do healthcare discussions with somebody that's not a healthcare professional. Um, I don't know how many doctors reached out to me a couple years back. Actually, I know of five, four, four, four nurse practitioners and three doctors. And I just, I couldn't. couldn't do what they wanted me to do not for fear of look I've had episodes pulled they pulled an episode the other day it's not that um, if you're a medical professional and you have an opinion about something that may be a controversial opinion and you don't want your name used I can't bring you on not use your name and go this is a doctor and, and have no way to back that or prove that like I I can't I can't do that you know um I understand how scary it is to want to say something that you feel will impact your career or impact your way of life or whatever the case may be. I understand that. And if if it's not rewarding enough or it's too like, big of a risk for you, just don't do it. That, that would be my recommendation is just don't do it. And I hope and I think with time... Um, that will lessen during you know the 2021 time frame right there 2020 20 into 2021 um, one of the companies that I was working for had an infectious disease control doctor uh, and another gentleman I can't remember what his exact designation were and they, they worked with our workplace preparedness for COVID and all that. And and they had some very interesting facts and some very interesting um, opinions during that time. And I've lost contact with them now. And I've tried for all this time to keep contact with them. And they're just not responding as much anymore. Because I'd like for them to come on and, and tell others what we discussed quite often. Um but I, I understand that that's that's probably not going to happen now at this point, and that's a bummer. But um, you know, I understand why they can't do it. But I look forward to a point in time when when we can have that discussion and, and people can um, freely talk about that stuff. Okay, so we'll, we'll get off of that topic um, because, like I said, there's no there's no way to discuss it at this point. But if anyone wants to come on and discuss anything like that, you know, but when you get into that type of stuff, um, I, I need some type of expertise because uh, I'm not qualified to discuss it. Uh, my qualifications are very limited. Uh, and just because I got a piece of paper that says OSHA and WHO recognize me as being able to <laughs> get the workplace ready for you know, in that, that situation doesn't mean that I'm an expert. It means that I spent a couple hours doing some training online. And uh, that's all it means. Um, but, you know, if you, like I said, if you, if you are that person or you know someone, um, I do have to have some proof of your credentials and your, uh, who you are and, and what you, what, experience that person has and and uh you you will have to use your name and you know i understand if you feel like you don't want to or you can't but if you feel that way then that means we we can't do it you know it's pretty simple that's it's the only option we have there now going into 2024 and whether it be in January or February, whenever we come back, 
one topic on top junkie that I'm looking at pretty pretty likely be a future topic is um, Elon Musk um, I never really had a ton of interest in, in Elon Musk as far as just some rich dude that invents cool stuff like I, I don't I don't didn't dislike him I don't you know whatever the case may be um, but it's a perplexing thing you know he is this innovator in electric cars and alternative cars he is this innovator in exploration and space exploration and um, he's somebody that says oh yeah not not only is solar uh, possible but it's viable and we can we can do it and this is how we can do it and this is how much we need to do it uh, and, and he's someone who says, yes, technology can definitely improve medical experience and 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 improve medical possibilities. And, and he's also someone who says, hey, we we need to keep a check on AI so that these warmongering countries don't get AI and use it. To, like he appears to me to be somebody that, if you're an environmentalist or uh, a rational thinker or somebody that's into exploration, you would be a pretty big fan of. Uh, again, none of those things attract me to the point that I've paid him a lot of attention. Um, I think there's definitely some uh, issues there with how he interacts with people and things he says because I think they're he's on the spectrum definitely on the spectrum I don't, I don't think there's any denying it and I don't know that he does um, but he's not somebody that I've ever really thought man this would be worth a discussion or because I don't I don't get any debate there is on him uh, I've been told as of late that he's said some things that are problematic I've not seen those things so I don't I don't I don't know I've heard he's done some things that are problematic. One of them being he fact-checked Joe Biden. I don't see where that's problematic. I feel like no matter who the president was, he'd fact-check him, and I feel that like that's good. I mean, Twitter fact-checked the last president. My God, somebody needed to. And I don't think he told the truth because I don't think he understood the truth. It's like I don't think Biden understands where he is. I don't think under. I don't think. Trump understood what was true. He only understood what his ego allowed him to accept. But I guess the, the, the topic I'm probably going to try to bring up going into January or February is X. What am I missing about X? Everyone's upset with X and everyone's not advertising with X. And I'd like to see why. And I heard his response to Bob Iger from uh, Disney. And I thought it was an appropriate response. Uh, go F yourself was a response if, if you don't want to advertise. And I thought that was an appropriate response. Disney is a very problematic company who does very problematic things. Whereas, to me, X just appears to be this um, antiquated, outdated version of I thought of social media that happens to be an actual haven for free speech. Now, two things. I didn't realize there were shows and videos and stuff on Twitter. That's how little I used it. And the X name is a horrible rebranding. And I, I don't... I'm probably never going to go to Twitter. There's no political deal there. I just don't. It's not for me. Like, I don't, I have no interest in it. Like, I don't, I've got Facebook and I'll get on and I'll add something for Retro Cold or I might wish somebody a happy birthday if I just happen to be on there or if I need to sell something on Marketplace, but I don't find any appeal any longer in Facebook. I, I don't, I don't, just don't. 
I deactivated, deleted, or whatever Instagram. I don't look at it at all. Uh, I do watch TikTok a lot, and I enjoy it. And uh, I, don't, I don't have any issue with it. I get about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes a day, because sometimes I'll hit the go over um, on, on TikTok. I don't always use the hour, but... It's there if I want it, and and yeah, like I said, I, I I don't always use it, but it's there if I want it. But Twitter's just I don't need that. I've got TikTok and and I've got Messenger, and that's really the only two forms of social media I need or or I'm going to use. Um, but to me, it seems very fair and very free. I, I guess the problem comes in understanding free speech. For speech to be free, the voices and opinions and ideas that you like least have to have the same opportunity as the voices and ideas that you like the most. And without that equality, speech isn't truly free. And there comes down to that question of hate speech and I don't mean violent speech I don't mean go do X to X right now and end them that that that's one thing instructions on the removal or execution but that's one thing Blake open instructions that's one thing but for someone to get on and say I hate these people because they're this and they're destroying the world because of this. If you had a Jewish person saying that about a Muslim or a Muslim saying that about a Jewish person or a Christian saying that about a Muslim, um, so what? If you have a Muslim saying that about a Christian, so what? Now, here's the problem. In the old world, if a, a Christian person had said that about a Muslim, it would have just been acceptable. It wouldn't even been considered a hate speech. But if a Muslim had said that about a, a Christian person, it would have been the end of the world. And now that's flipped. You can say that if you're a Muslim person, and you can't say that if you're a Christian person. And the, the, the fact is they're both wrong, but both should be free to say it. Speech, restriction of speech, should not be used as a way to virtue signal. That, that's not right. Um, the ideals I loathe the most I would defend just as their ability to express themselves just as much as I would uh, an idea that I think is beautiful and, and, and pure. Um, that's just how free speech works. You don't have to like it. You don't have to approve of it. You don't have to want it. But as far as the ideal itself... You have to defend it in its right to be expressed. And I really think that even comes down to defending hate speech and its right to be expressed. I know someone who uh, is a younger person and lives, wants to live an alternative lifestyle. And I was having a discussion with them and they feel very comfortable, very comfortable in their friends and, and, and the people around them and think that their friends and people around them will be very accepting, and I do as well. I think their parents will be accepting. I know their parents will be accepting. It's, it's, you know, there's going to be a segment of society that won't, and they don't feel, one, that that will happen here, and two, that that they have anything to worry about, physical harm or anything of that nature. And I wish that that were true. But I also know, undoubtedly and unequivocally, that that's not true. They, they won't be 100% safe, and nobody is. Nobody is. But the negative impact that this decision will have on them as far as how they express it, when they express it, where they express it, who they express it to, is not clarified for them. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying they should not express it, not say it, or that they should let the fear stop them. This is my concern, and maybe it's way off base, and maybe it's way 
misplaced that I maybe I'm just completely incorrect but I discussed this with some other people that know of this situation and, and understand maybe uh, this person's plight and there was a point in time and it's not a good thing there was a point in time where people making that decision were a little more cautious there was a point in time where they were too cautious and just couldn't do it there's still people who don't do it but even as it became easier the implied danger and the understanding of and it's not just for a lifestyle like that it's for anything it, it is for being uh too blue in a place that's too red or being too red in a place that's too blue or being too white in a place that's too blue or being too much a person of color in a place that's too red there's always that little bit of danger of of not maybe not even physical danger but of i need to be me and be truthful and express myself but i also need to consider these things and this person is not considering anything because there is this false sense of security and that is dangerous and again it, it's almost like I'm saying yeah we need the negative side uh, we need people to be mean to these people I'm not saying that I need I'm saying that their ability be almost unfiltered and say what they want to say so that this person I, I, Malik Malik is somebody that I've discussed something very similar like this with Malik said I'd rather know where every racist in the world is than have them faking being something they're not and be right next to me the whole time and when I need them the most find out I can't depend on them because they ain't going to help a blank and then work you know and I understand that. I understand what he's saying. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know, he made a very interesting point. He said, there were some white dudes we run with when I was younger that Malik, a lot of people, you know, I've even heard people call Malik and Uncle Tom, the conservative black this and blah, blah, blah. I don't look at Malik that way. Malik is just an interesting guy with interesting opinions and, and an interesting philosophy. But he, he used to be a lot different in his words. You know, and Malik said there was some white dudes who used to run with him when he was younger. You know, and, and they would come to a very rough part of Louisville and hang in a very black, very poor, very dangerous at that time. And provably so police records and you know blah 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 this is there's not he's, he's saying this is not even debatable this was a dangerous area and they were safe as they could be because nobody was completely safe you know that's what Malik said he said these dudes felt safe because they were with us they felt like we were protecting them but we could protect, nobody could protect themselves there. if your number got called it got called very poor impoverished, drug-ridden area. But they did, you know, kind of put the word out. The people that in situations that they could control, these are our people don't mess with these people. You know, and Malik said, these dudes lived on this idea that, man, these guys got our back. We come here, we're, we're, we're just like them when we're here. You know, Malik said they weren't just like us when they were there. He said if they weren't providing something or didn't have something we needed, we'd have turned on them like sharks and eat them alive. But we wasn't giving them the reality. We was giving them the perception we wanted them to get. And he said, you know, I'm not proud of who I used to be and what I used to do. He said, but them dudes done us the same way when we were in their area. When they, when we supplied things that they needed, and, and and vice versa, he said. And, and when we were in their area, you know, a lot of my boys felt safe when they shouldn't have, you know. And 
they should have been hesitant. He said, and I was always hesitant. He said, because I knew how quick we'd turn on these dudes. And, and that, that's because they're not being real. And, and I think the fear of hate speech and these things is, well, you know, what's it going to do mentally? I, look, I can't, I can't attest to that. I can tell you this. I want to know where somebody stands. And, you know, is there the fear that too young a child will see something to be influenced to believe that way or be influenced to keep who they are inside because of that belief shelter? I, yeah, that's possible. That comes down to parenting. That don't come down to restricting free speech. You're never going to keep that eye away from the kids on you. But, well-informed, well-educated, free child, free to, to speak their mind and free to hear others freely speak their mind. They get to learn and see things about the world that may not be pretty, but are very important, very informative. There's a long way to go to get to, I don't understand the hatred for Musk and Twitter, or X. I'm, I'm, I'm lost on this. I see people not using Fox to any degree. I just, I just met someone the other day who won't use any Fox station, Fox News, Fox TV, FX, whatever it is, they will not use it because it's supporting, to them, supporting Fox News. Because Fox News are liars. And they are. They're liars. Have you ever seen, um, oh, what's the dude from The Daily Show? How's my mind that bad? The... Ever looked at the twenty dollar bill on weed guy from <laughs> Ah shoot John Stewart? Have you seen the interview of John Stewart speaking to some foreign dignitary or leader or whoever it is about how they found corruption in the news in their country and that the news was like that could never happen here and he was talking about Fox and it's because it's true they lie it's all they do is lie. John Stewart lies too. He lies a lot. He lies all the time. Him and Bill Maher have like a challenge of who can lie the most and the quickest. And Bill Maher is starting to lose because Bill Maher is occasionally telling the truth now. He don't get me wrong. I love John Stewart. I like a lot of his ideals. Problem is, I don't know how much of them are really ideals he deeply cares about and how much of it's propaganda. It seems like a lot of it's propaganda. The thing that John left out was CNN lies just as much. MSNBC lies, just as much. CBS lies, just as much. It's being okay with the lies if they're in step with your beliefs. Beliefs that are lies that were based on lies. The other lies that are in step with beliefs you don't share. Beliefs that are based on lies and so on and so forth. Those aren't okay. See, the the issue at the end of the day, I feel, is the news isn't free speech. It's not freedom of the press being protected. It's engineered entertainment. Now, you can go on social media and speak your mind on these things. You can Especially on Facebook. Facebook, as long as you lean a certain way, you can say whatever you want to say. If you lean the other way, you're going to get a lot of hits. You just are. With Twitter, that's not the case, apparently. Where's the harm in that? The news is lying to you. You're lying to yourself about the news. The politicians are lying to you. You're lying to yourself about the politicians. All these things that are lying to you, let the racist on Twitter be honest with you. Know that he's a racist. Know that you don't want to support him. Know that you don't want to be his friend. Know that you want your children to understand that his ideals are m 
monstrous and and ridiculous and not to to be accepted or believed or whatever the case may be. And understand that you saying, well, if I can, if we took that off of Twitter, it would prevent other people from thinking that way. Understand that that's your own ignorance. And understand that that's your own, uh, that that's yourself just wanting to be comfortable. Life's not about comfort. I don't give a shit if you're comfortable. I don't give a shit if there's something out there that hurts your values or makes you sad or, or prevents you from being able to, to whatever you they think it is, virtue signal at the rate you need to virtue signal. I don't, I don't give a shit. Not even a little. Not even kind of. You say, well, I'm worried that my kids are going to be exposed to awful, awful ideals and beliefs. They will. They will. Uh, yours more than likely, but they will. My kids, my kid, kids, one's grown now, but I've got a kid right now that is very much. All I can do is try to make sure he's not seeing things that he shouldn't see, and he will, no matter what I do. Just like I did, no matter what my parents did. If I didn't see it, I heard it. But I also need to sit down, discuss things with him, and I do, and say, hey, we need to talk about this. Not say, hey, you're wrong. You can't be right. Everything you believe is bad. Wrong people told it to you. And I'm taking everything away from you has got it on. No. Sit down and say, hey. This is what I see. And this is why. And this is where I got my information from. And that's why, this is why I feel like this information is valid and this information isn't. And a lot of times I have to go, see, when I was young, I felt the same way you feel right now. And this is why I felt that And this is the hardest one. Sometimes I have to say, you know what? I don't really know what's right or wrong in this situation. I'm leaning this way right now, and this is why. But I don't know. Nobody knows everything. I don't know. I don't know because this side says this, and they have a track record of lying. And this side says that, they have a track record of lying. And it's not something that I can determine with science, so I don't know. And then that gets cloudy. And it's one of the biggest reasons why I think free speech is important. This can be proven with science, yet it's not the accepted narrative so... Science can prove the earth is definitely warming. And that it's definitely warmed at a higher increase since the Industrial Revolution. And science can prove that even if we're not the cause of it warming, we are the cause of all the bad shit that's happening. We're the cause of the runoff. We're the cause of the new floods. We're the cause of the slips and the mudslides and the sinkholes. We are the cause of the plastic in the ocean. Science can prove that that's true. And yet, that information is not readily dispersed all over. There's two sides fighting about that information. Information that's, I mean, I'm sorry, undeniable. We can't say for certain global warming is blah, 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 exact. Humans, exactly. We can say it is happening. And we can say that even if we're not the root cause of it, we still need to address it and do something about it if we can. And if we can't, there's other things and preparations we need to do to facilitate us surviving it. We know that that's true. We also know a lot of things are true about a certain illness and a certain shot. But we can't say, I can't even say those. Because it's like other things, it'll get pulled. But see, I don't look at it as a political thing. I'm not a Democrat because I believe in global warming. I'm not a Republican because 
I don't believe we were told the truth. Actually, we know we weren't told the truth. The scientific evidence is there that we weren't told the truth. I'm a free speech liberal. And I, I, I don't understand the confusion. I'll tell you what made me angry almost the entirety of my life. Far right overreaching pricks telling us what we couldn't do, what we couldn't say, who we could believe in, who we could worship, when we could do it, and what we could do to our own bodies. That has irritated me for 90% of my life. I'll tell you what irritates me right now. is the far left telling me what country I can back. What side of a war I can fall on. What medications I have to shove in my body. What information I can believe. What news I can watch. And what I can and can't say. That irritates me. It irritates me greatly. I had a far right friend tell me the other day. That I would say. And I say far right. Because that's really where they are. Ain't it funny how all these people who was liberals are now fully communists and all these people that were right-wingers are now considered the reasonable ones. And he said that like they always had me. No, it's not the case. It's not the case at all. If I start turning left and I keep turning left and you start turning right and you keep turning right, we'll meet on the back end in the center. That's all that's happened. Same group of people. Two different names designating them. Doing the same thing. Some different agendas. It's the same thing. And how Twitter and X, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is really part of that. Like it's part, I don't I don't know. I understand all the other aspects of the debate. Don't understand what Twitter or X has done wrong. And I, look, I'll be honest with you. I'm not interested enough in him to do a deep dive. I'm not. Now, if you come at me with information, yeah, I'm going to have to verify it and fact check. I mean, I am. But I'm not interested enough in, in um, battery car boy to find it. Like, I'm not. I understand. And don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be facetious. I. I understand why certain people don't like him. Like, I understand why the far left doesn't like him to a certain degree. I understand the people that want to kill all billionaires why they don't like him. I don't. I don't pay that any attention. That's an ignorant statement. That look, the, yeah, they all got their dirty or didn't do anything at all. Like, it's, it's not like being a billionaire is some great accomplishment. It's not. It's not any accomplishment whatsoever. It's just people who've got money and that's all it is but I don't want them to die uh, I like see them lose most of their money Yeah, but if somebody worked and actually worked and put the effort in to either get or maintain their money work why? Why, why, am I, why am I angry at that? that's a weakness on my point that's a failure on my point say you yeah, know I'm too lazy to work. I've worked hard I don't have millions and billions of dollars I struggle a lot of weeks but I've worked really hard and I'm proud of that I would have preferred I didn't have to work, but everything was free. Everybody would have preferred that. That's not how it goes. But talkjunkie at gmail.com. Email me. Tell me why this guy's bad. Not not why he's bad. I don't care why you don't like him. Because there's things about him that skis me out and hurt me. But that has nothing to do with Twitter and free speech. You've got to separate those things. Explain to me why Twitter's bad. And if you're going to send me, well, he put Trump back on. I then don't because your your statement is ignorant. And I mean, and, and that's like that's not me dismissing it, and that's not me like that's just. I mean, that's an ignorant statement. Everybody should be on there. I mean, you know, everybody, as long as it's not illegal, what they're doing, they should be allowed on there. So, 
I don't know. If if, if you've got an intelligent discussion on that, on, on why Twitter bad, Facebook good, I don't know. Send it to me. Uh, this has been Top Junkie, and uh, I'll see you guys in 2024.